Secrets, Episode 5, Tales from the Therapy Room. The world hates what it doesn't understand, Bissy says sadly, looking at me as she toys with her button on her thin blouse. She is heavily made up and I almost don't recognise her as she saunters into the room. She is aware that her flirtatious sense of dress has caught my attention. She strides in, swinging her well-developed hips from side to side. She smiles a meaningless smile as she stretches out her toned legs in front of her. Her feet almost touch mine and I tuck them away neatly underneath my chair. You look flustered, she says, as she makes herself comfortable. I do not respond, gathering my thoughts together, but I smile at her gently to acknowledge her observation. I think back to our last session and her reference to being cloaked in shame. I wonder what it feels like to have carried the burden of knowing that your mother and her brother have created you. Did I tell you they were twins, Follow? I'm about to ask for further clarity. Before I can respond, she nods her head. My mother and her brother were twins. She smiles as if to herself. I struggle to look at myself in the mirror, she says in a whisper. I cannot make peace with the story of my birth. I want to be like everyone else. I crave normality. I often ask myself what it feels like to be normal. Where do I begin, she continues. I am speechless, not knowing what to say or how to help my client. This is a heavy burden to bear, knowing that the joy of family may never be experienced. Every episode of my life is a reminder that what my parents did was so wrong. I have spent sleepless nights trying to rationalise their decision. I have tried to understand it, but I just can't. I have never known the love or the protection of a family, Bissy says. She doesn't give me any eye contact. Her eyes filter around the room. You know, it was an open secret and it became the hidden And I became the hidden child. I have always been an outcast, set aside by everyone, uncles, aunties and family members. At events, there would be whispers and stares. I am the fodder of everyone's gossip. I have no recollection of an early childhood experience of love. I have always craved the attention of others. But the more I crave love, the less I receive. It took me many years to summon up the courage to confront my mother about the truth. She begins to laugh, a slow, bitter laugh. Truth, she almost shouts, to think I try to confront her with the truth. She has no understanding of what that word means. I listen to the pain in her voice, like crippling frostbite, eaten away at the core of her being. 
My mother kept everything hidden. My birth certificate, school reports, everything pertaining to my being. Who am I, B.C. Wells? Why am I here? At this point, I tried to rescue her. The agony in her eyes is unbearable to hold. I know that I must contain what she believes to be the horror of her story. Follow, who and what am I? She screeches again, a long drawn out yelp. The sharpness of it causes me to hold back in my chair. She begins to remove her blouse and I can do nothing to stop her. Her skin is smooth and inviting, her breasts perfectly formed, the richness of her skin standing out as she cradles her bra in her hand. Before I can say anything, she reaches for me and grabs my hand. She pulls it towards her breast and I am unable to yank it away and feel the beating of an erratic heart against her soft, impeccable skin. I pull my hand away from her, but tell her in a gentle tone that I am not repelled by her and that I need nothing from her other than to work with her in a professional capacity. She shakes her head in sadness. I am always taken for granted. I am taken for granted by men and women alike. I give but never receive anything in return. I seek validation in all my relationships, but never find it. I sit with her, listening to the agony in her voice. I listen as her voice shakes with sorrow. Will I ever be worthy to experience true love, she asks. Her head is sunken as she stares at her hands, rolled into tight fists. Is that what you were looking for when you removed your blouse, I ask. She begins to weep. Her tears are sad tears. She chokes and then keeps crying. I reach out my hand to hers, wondering if it's safe to do so. She reaches for it and clasps it tight with what feels like all the strength she can muster. I reach out to her withered hand and she collapses into my arms. The tears keep coming, flowing as they journey through the sadness of her life experience. When the tears are over, she untangles herself from my grasp. She bends down and picks up her blouse from the floor. It's all I have ever wanted, she says, to be held, to be loved. It's all I have ever wanted. She returns to the chair, sits down, and this time looks straight at me for a long moment. I wonder if I can trust you, she says quietly. I trust no one. I reply that without trust there isn't a relationship and that we can pace our work slowly together. She nods in agreement, saying nothing, staring at the empty floor. In her own time she stands, still appearing to be in deep thought, shaken but resolute on the way forward.
She walks towards where her blouse lay. I have been oblivious to her state of undress, caught up in the moment. See you next week, Fola, she says, button in her blouse as she walks towards the door.